Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. And welcome to another episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. I'm your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, your favorite board-certified internist, founder of drbarrypierre.com, as, of course, the host of the number one podcast for patient advocacy, helping you empower yourself for better health. This week, we bring you episode 100. Yes, we have finally crossed the three-digit mark on uh, here with the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. It has been an amazing ride, and I'm just thankful for all the support uh, that we've gotten over uh, this past year and some change uh, to get us to episode 100, and uh, I hope I got 100 more episodes left in me uh, to bring you guys uh, this amazing, great content and helping you guys uh, get your health together. This week is no different, like I can when I was thinking about what I want to do for the 100th episode, I thought, one, I definitely wanted to bring a guest, right? Because that's obviously the direction we're going to, especially with this year coming up, where we're definitely going to have much more guest uh, support here on the podcast. And I figured if we're going to bring off a guest and we're in National uh, Nutrition Month, let's bring on a specialist in that field. So I brought you Dr. Lauren Powell. So I'm going to read her bio because this person is absolutely amazing. I've actually been following her for uh, the better part of the year. Uh, Dr. Lauren Powell is the culinary doctor. She is a board-certified family medicine physician uh, and culinary medicine specialist. She's on a mission to end generational health issues in the, Af- in the African-American community. In the African-American community. She makes healthy eating accessible and enjoyable for all through her social media, quick tips, online cooking school, and debut book, The Food Essentials for the Busy Professional. And I can tell you, we will be talking about uh, that book uh, on today's show. She is born and raised in Metro Detroit, graduated cum laude, from the University of Detroit, Mercer, went on to get her uh, doctorate degree at Wayne State University School of Medicine. After uh, experiencing a health scare with her father, it actually prompted her uh, to shift her focus to culinary medicine, and she subsequently uh, seek training, further training in nutrition and culinary art. And I can tell you, as a an internist myself. Uh, you know, she went the extra mile. Like, again, I can tell you, I get a little bit of nutritional training, but uh, she actually went and said, no, I want to become a certified culinary medicine specialist uh, because I want to help my people out. So, of course, I figured this person is someone we definitely want to make sure we get on a lunch learn um, community. So just to finish up, uh, nowadays, Dr. Lauren travels the U.S. speaking to diverse audiences about disease prevention and the healing properties of food. Uh, she is a main she is a mainstream social media personality. She's been featured on uh, Sister Circle Live, Fox Two News Detroit, as well as the Doctor Goals podcast and Melanin and White Coats podcast. She is the co-founder of Young Lady Watching, which is a nonprofit organization proposed to empower and encourage young minority females to pursue careers in healthcare. Now, again, I know that seems like a mouthful, but again, when you have a guest of this caliber. Uh, 
they're going to have a bio of that type of caliber as well. So uh, I will stop talking and get out the way. Let's get on to uh, another amazing episode. Like I said, episode 100. If you have not had a chance, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Leave me a five-star review. Leave Dr. Lauren a five-star review, especially after you listen to this uh, amazing story and just this amazing person. Uh, You guys have a great and blessed day. This episode is brought to you by the Lunch to Learn Community Store, where we are living out the motto, empower yourself for better health. In the Lunch to Learn Community Store, you can get your favorite t-shirts, ebooks, as well as other related products by Dr. Barry. Head over to shop.drpiersblog.com and get a chance to get 10% off your first purchase by using the coupon code EMPOWER10. Again, shop.drpiersblog.com. Live out the motto, empower yourself for better health. All right, Lunch Learn community again, thank you for uh, you know taking the time to listen out. And today's guest is uh, and a good one, right? I, I say all the guests are good, right? But this is one's a very popular one. This is one we're going to be talking about, National Nutrition Month. If you are listening to this uh, in March, you know this is the month we really talk about nutrition. And of course, you know, I know a, a lot about a little, but I wanted to make sure uh, we have an expert kind of hit home uh, you know, the, the finer things of nutrition and why it's really so important, uh, you know, for us to really be on our P's and Q's in regards to nutrition. So again, thank you, Dr. Lauren, for joining the podcast today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. So uh, Lunch Learning Community, we're going to always like, like, like to do, we're going to start a little bit of education and, you know, kind of talk about how we got here. And then we're going to kind of let Dr. Lauren, the expert, kind of do her thing. So if you are unaware, this is National Nutrition Month. Uh, this was actually started off as a week uh, in uh, 1973, right? So it's been that long that, you know, us in the health field have really been trying to hit home the importance of nutrition. And uh, 10 key things, and I got this from uh, the, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, right? So if you can get 10 key things from this month uh, that I want you to kind of hit home. The first is they want you to discover the benefits of healthy eating lifestyle. They want you to help you choose foods and drinks that are healthy and good for you, which, of course, is extremely important. Uh, They're they're emphasizing the variety of healthy foods out there. That's a lot of times, especially in our offices in the hospital, we we always get that gripe where, you know, there isn't that many choices out there. Like, I don't know what to choose from. So they want to kind of really publicize and let you know that there's definitely plenty of options out there for us. Uh, They want you to give you an option to select healthier options when eating away from home. That's always a big caveat. Uh, they want you to be mindful of portion sizes. Uh, they want you to keep it simple. Uh, they want you to make food safety a part of it. And that's, I think that was a very important terminology, right? Food safety to be a part of your everyday routine. And again, I'm like definitely excited to hear Dr. Lauren's thoughts on that aspect. Um, help you reduce uh, food waste. Uh, and then find activities that you enjoy that help you become physically active. And last but not least, they want you to consult the nutrition expert, like I said, so again, the lunch learning community, this is why I wanted to bring Dr. Lauren on because she is a nutrition expert, uh, especially uh, in the field that I'm in. You know, again, I'm a physician, I'm an internal medicine physician, uh, but I'll be honest, like when it comes to nutrition, you know, it's like a deer in headlights. So uh, mm. Dr. Lauren, uh, you know, please, you know, educate the community. First of all, just kind of talk a little bit about yourself, you know, who you are, you know, like how'd you get to where you're at now? And then we'll kind of uh, hit, hit you with some fast word questions. Awesome. Well, yes, my name is Dr. Lauren Powell. I am a board-certified family medicine physician, and I'm also known as a culinary doctor. And that's because I do just that. I teach people about how to use food in order to prevent and cure disease. 
Um, so my, my goal and my hope is that with my books and speaking engagements and online programs that I can really help end some of these generational patterns of food-related diseases, particularly those that we see in the African-American community. So my, my journey basically started when I was in my last year of residency and my father had a stroke. And that for me was just this uh, time that really challenged what I valued in medicine. My dad wasn't a neglectful patient. He was that guy that was doing all the things that his physician told him to do. He was taking all his pills. He was going for his checkups. So he was doing all those things, but then something bad still happened. And so that's what, what really made me look at what we value in medicine. And I really thought we've got to be missing something. Like if we tell our patients to do something and bad stuff is still happening, like what does that mean? And so that's when I really started this journey to um, learning more about food, learning more about that connection between food and disease. And like you said, it's not something we're taught a lot in medical school. I think we're taught a lot of things in medical school, but I, definitely I think the nutritional aspect is something that's lacking. So I did some additional training through Tulane School of Medicine and Culinary Medicine just to kind of get that, get that information so that I could better educate my patients and so that I make those dots very clear to them um, between their health and the food that they're putting in their body. Now, and also, can be, I'll be honest, like when I read her book, and we're actually going to talk a lot about her book. Um, w- one thing that hit home to me, which was like real personal, is like my father um, passed away from cardiovascular disease. And mm. I remember I remember being a medical student and me calling home one day and I was like, oh, hey, where's that? He's like, oh, he's in the hospital. Like, I was like what? Like, it's, it was mm. just one of those things where even though I was in the field uh, and I was doing the educating here, I had a family member very close to me. Uh, that still dealt with issues that were directly uh, something that, you know, I don't want to say could have prevented, but likely, you know, diet change and medication and everything else uh, could have had a different outcome. Definitely. Yeah. We're not, you know, we're not immune. It happens to us too. And um, I think with my dad, that was his biggest thing is he felt like everyone in his family was eating and doing the things that he was doing and drinking the way that he was um, drinking and eating and putting the things in his body. And for to him, he thought everybody was fine. And so he thought he would be fine too. But um, he, that's not really, you can't eat and drink whatever you want and think nothing's going to happen. If nothing happens, you're an exception. Mm. You're not the rule. Absolutely. And so um, something bad happened to my dad. And, you know, obviously something bad happened to your father. And it's directly related to this, the food that we're putting on our body. And, and you're right, the lack of physical activity. Uh, well, especially when we talk about food and nutrition, and of course, you know, we're in, we're in month three of the year, and I know a lot of times, uh, you know, our New Year's resolutions, a lot of it is losing weight, getting better, getting fit. So, of course, nutrition, you know, plays a big role. Like, like how important, if someone said, you know, Dr. Lerner, like, how important really is, you know, the food I eat, like, in me being healthy, right? Like, on a scale of one to ten. I mean, I say it's like a 12. You know, it is like the most important thing you can do. Um, it just affects so many things and you really don't know it until you start eating healthy and you start changing the way that you eat, that you just realize it. Um, you know, in terms of weight loss, you know, I, I'm always gearing people to make healthy changes just to be healthy and not to look at a number on the scale. But when you eat healthy and when you're putting quality things in your body, you're going to lose weight. Um, but truly, you know, weight loss is 80% nutrition. So if you exercise like crazy, but you're still eating whatever every day, you're not going to lose weight. You're probably just going to maintain. So nutrition is essential to so many things. It's essential to your sleep. It's essential to your mood. It's essential to your energy level. 
it's essential to your blood pressure, your diabetes, your, I mean, it's just, it's critical in all aspects of life. And, and I love that you touched on that because I think a lot of times, uh, you know, we, we do have a lot of patients who fall into that crevice where, well, you know, if I, if I work out just enough, I could be able to get, I, I should be able to get away with the way I'm eating. Yeah. And that's exactly, you know, false. You're not going to make any progress. You're just going to maintain. And to me, it's kind of wasting your workout. Like, and, and the same is true for me. If I'm not eating like I should be eating, my usually my exercise falls off too. So you don't want to go hard in the gym and then just put crap in your body. It's kind of like you canceled, they canceled each other out. So they really do work hand in hand. Now, of course, we, I kind of alluded to the fact that I'm a, I'm a physician, I'm turnus, and still my, the education of nutrition has really been lacking. Um, you know, why do you think that is on like the professionals who quote unquote should know? And if the professionals are lacking, like what does that say for the general population? Yeah, I mean, I think the medical education is just lagging behind the times, you know? So it's like our curriculum is like, it's old. I mean, you know, medicine is medicine. And so we have to learn anatomy. We have to learn physiology. But I think um, the evidence and the research that gone that has gone in to, in to really show how food is linked to disease. I think like the medical curriculum has not caught up yet. I think some schools are a little bit more progressive than others, but I mean, it definitely needs to be a part of our education because if our patient can't get it from us, like where are they supposed to get it from? It's like, what are they supposed to do? Are they supposed to Google it? Because the internet is very confusing and there's so much information out there. Do I eat meat? Do I not eat meat? Are carbs good? Are they bad? Keto, Atkin, like, People don't know what to do with this overwhelmingly, you know, so much information. And so they come to us and they look to us like, Doc, tell me what to do. And we need to be able to offer some kind of guidance. And so um, I, I feel like, you know, there needs to be a, a significant shift in our medical education to incorporate that so that we feel confident. I mean, part of the reason I think that docs don't talk to their patients about it is not because they don't want to, and it's not because they don't think it's important. And it's not just because we don't have enough time, but I also think it's like, we don't know, we don't even know what to say. Like we don't even know where to start. And so um, it's definitely critical. It's definitely critical so that we have the information so that we can, we can help our patients. I love it. And do you, do you think that there are, especially for those patients who are looking for help, and you know are you know are, are struggling are, are there common you know traits or you know relationships or even bad habits that a lot of the tend to follow especially the, you know, the patients and clients you take care of uh, that you see kind of over and over again like you know if you could just change a couple of these things then you'd help uh, so many yeah i mean i think the overwhelming is that people aren't cooking their own food and mm-hmm. if you're not cooking your own food you really don't know what you're eating like you can't you're not controlling your portion sizes because when you buy food, you're just going to eat everything they give you. You're not controlling your ingredients. You're not controlling your sodium content, your sugar. Like you just like completely hand over the control to somebody else. And so my biggest thing is just to get people to just to cook something because, you know, even if they're eating, even if they're cooking the same thing they're buying out, they can make it way healthier than, than they can purchase it, you know? And at least you can have a say in making sure that it's, it's quality food. Ooh, I, love, I love it. So lunch learn community, I want y'all to hear that. You know, a lot of us, you know, we're we're kind of go with the hustle and bustle. We're moving and shaking, and you know, we're we're not really dedicating that time, an essential time, uh, for Dr. Lauren to just you know actually make uh, what you're supposed to put in your body. 
which is a weird concept uh, that you would think that wouldn't be such a bad thing, but that's really something that you, we now even have to like, pres- like almost prescribe, like, hey, I need you to start cooking more. We do. And I tell my patients so much who are like, oh, I hate cooking. And I said, listen, if you do not start cooking, number one, it's not just going to affect your, your health, but how are your kids supposed to learn? Like, I mean, I didn't start cooking really until I got married, but, and that was because my mom was an amazing cook and she always cooked for us. And so when it was time for me to cook, even though I hadn't really, I hadn't really been cooking, I kind of knew because I had been watching my mom for years. And so the thing is, if we don't cook, our kids aren't going to know how to cook. And so we basically are setting them up for a life of living off processed food and fast food and carry out. Like mm. if they can't learn it from us, like where are they supposed to learn it from? Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. So uh, again, uh, like I said, I, I did reference the book. First of all, it's an amazing book, and um, I definitely want to, you know, really kind of hit home on a lot of the great points that was in there. Um, can can just to start off, right? Can you talk a little bit about the six principles, right? These six principles uh, that you live by that anybody, and, and that's what I loved about your book that anybody could really apply. It wasn't something that only Dr. Lauren, right? Um, you know, and the first one, like, and, and again, I'll be honest, right? Let's, let, I want to talk about the plant aspect, right? Because that's one where I'll be honest, uh, luxury community, um, Dr. Barry kind of falls short on, right? Um, I, I liked the sight of vegetables and plants, but it's just not something that, you know, it hits home for me. Yeah. And I think like that's, um, you know, there's so much in, in the news and there's so much out there like vegan, like that's a cool thing to do. And the, the studies are consistent, like, the more plant-based your diet is, the better. But I'm not saying that everybody needs to be a vegan. I don't think that's a realistic um, thing for everyone. You know, people are at different places in their health journey. But I, I like to say, why don't you just put more plants in the foods that you already eat? So for instance, um, my husband, one of his favorite foods is spaghetti. And so we don't really think of that as a meal that has vegetables, right? We think of it as a meal that has noodles, sauce, and meat. But that's an easy meal where you can add vegetables. So I always put spinach, I'll put carrots, I add mushrooms. So I tell people, just take food that you already like and eat and add more plants to that. Like, don't make it this hard. I have to completely revamp my diet because that's going to be, number one, a harder thing to do and number two, a harder thing to maintain. So I'm all about making small, sustainable changes. And so one of those things you can do is just add more plants to food that you already love. And then we we actually kind of alluded to number two when we just talked about uh, cooking and, and your recipe is really just like do more of it. Like we're not even, so, so is it that we're not doing enough or what we're cooking isn't good? Like, is there, do you lean one way to the other or is it more like we're just not really cooking enough? I find that people aren't cooking like generally in the, during the week, they're not cooking. And then when they do cook, it's just like this, you know, um, five meat, you know, it's, it's the, the ham, the chicken, macaroni and cheese, mashed potatoes and gravy greens that have been cooking for eight hours that have all the nutrition cooked out of them, Mm. you know, mashed potatoes and great. Like that's what we do when we do cook. And so we have like two extremes, like you don't cook at all. And then you're buying like Chick-fil-A and, you know, fast food throughout the week. And then on the weekend, when you have, you know, time, you make this big, huge, like overindulging Christmas, (laughs) Christmas style dinner. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, both are a problem. Yes, yeah, so we got a so lunchtime community. We need to find a medium. Um, we we got to come together, right? Again, if again, this is just March, right? I know a lot of you guys are still strong. Hopefully, are still strong on your New Year's resolution. So again, I want you to kind of write down these things because uh, this is really what's going to take you over uh, those edge when a lot of you may start hitting that plateau 
weight. We're like, oh my God, I've, I've been doing the same thing for the past couple of months. And now the, the scale is not moving anymore or the dress sizes is getting smaller. So th- these are very actionable things that we can do like tomorrow uh, to kind of get you know, a- ahead of the game. Um, uh, the next one, ingredients. Uh, next principle that you live by. Right. So I like, you know, people are always asking me for recipes and I try to teach principles because if you have principles, you can apply them to any recipe at a restaurant or any recipe that you pull off the internet. So I like people to look at the ingredients so that you know what you're putting in your body. You want it to be things that you recognize. You shouldn't look at, a, you know, something that you're buying, look at the ingredients and you don't even know what some of those things are. Like if you've ever looked at, for instance, the ingredients of like marshmallows or some of these cereals, it's like words that you don't, you don't even know what they are. Like you'd have to Google to find out what it is. And a lot of times those are weird process additives and things that we don't need to be putting into our body. So you should be able to read your ingredients and know what they mean, like know what these words are and for them to be recognizable, understandable things. Remember that ingredients are listed in order of content. So the first ingredient is going to be what is there in the largest amount. So if you're trying to buy peanut butter and the first ingredient is sugar, that's not a good peanut butter to buy because the first ingredient of peanut butter should be peanuts. It shouldn't be sugar. So I'm just being mindful. So many people I'm surprised that don't even look at the ingredients of things that they buy. So, you know, I challenge you to just get into the habit of whenever you purchase things from the grocery store, just turn it over and just start looking. Start start looking. And and actually that's that's a good point, you know, because I'm not sure if a lot of people realize that, uh, they, they have to do it in the order of percentage per se in, in yeah. regards to uh, the whatever they buy. Yeah, exactly. All right. So this is one where, you, where I know some of my lunch and learning community is going to not be very happy. Right. So let's t- let's talk about the beverages. Uh, right. So, you know, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> we can get a lot of calories and sugar in our beverages and not even know it. And so I like people to know that their main beverage in life should be water. Um And that's what you should be consuming in greatest amount. You should be drinking half of your weight in ounces. And then other beverages that have been shown to have a health benefit are like black coffee, um, a glass of red wine in moderation. Obviously, green tea is another beverage that's good. But just be careful because we get into this habit of going to the Starbucks and we get these. My husband today um, asked me to get him a Frappuccino from Starbucks. And so I took a sip of it. And I actually hadn't had a Frappuccino since I was like 16. I actually remember having my, you know, tasting my first you know, when I was in driver's ed and I tasted it today just to taste it. And it was, oh my God, because I'm not used to having stuff with so much sugar. It was unbearable to me. Mm-hmm. I literally could not drink it. It was like this, you know, it was just so overwhelmingly sweet to me. So, um, I can't even imagine how many grams of sugar in it. And it, you know, it was probably the amount of like a piece of pound cake, which is crazy because who wants to drink your sugar? Who wants to drink your calories to me? Yeah, I, I, I love it because I think on, in the book you said something like, would, would you rather like get your calories through a straw or eat? Like it was something in that. Like, in that yeah. In that, like, do you want to get your calories by drinking it through a straw, which is like very mindless and takes nothing out of you and it's very little enjoyment? Or would you rather eat like a beautiful piece of cheesecake? You know what I'm saying? Like I would rather save my sugar if I'm going to indulge, indulge in something that's, you know, meaningful and not a, not a drink that I can drink in like 10 minutes. And then, you know, my sugar spiked because it, <laughs> it took nothing to digest. It went right into my bloodstream and, and that's it. <laughs> so that Lauren, of course you're going to hear people say, but Lauren, I don't like the taste of water. 
Yeah. I mean, who loves water, right? I mean, <laughs> who loves water, but you just do it because you're, you know, you drink it, you're supposed to. And honestly, our taste buds be can become trained. So a lot of people tell me about things that they don't like, and it's because you haven't trained your taste buds to like it. Sure. If you're drinking Frappuccinos every day, a glass of water is not going to be very appetizing to you because your taste buds are, are used to, you know, more sugar and more whatever, but mm -hmm. you can definitely train your taste buds. It's just like, you know, babies like their food and they think it's so great, but we taste it and it tastes horrible. And it's because their taste buds have not been trained to our type of food. So you can train your taste buds and um, yeah, you just yeah. don't have a choice. No, no choice. You've got to drink water, more water. And, and you said, how, how much should they be drinking a day? Like Half your weight in ounces. Half your weight in ounces. Okay. Half your weight in ounces. Please remember that, that, that nugget. Half your weight in ounces daily is what you should be consuming in water, not uh diet coke uh, 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 i always get this well what about diet coke it has zero calories i don't it i don't care it's like why <laughs> one of my one of my friends is a doc and she's telling me like how she has to have her coke zero i said like why it's like why you know you, you would love it oh i saw so our next one mindful eating right so mindful eating is like a huge practice and that's basically just being present and being one with your food a lot of times we're eating our food while we're in front of the computer or while we're watching television or while we're talking on the phone and we're just eating mindlessly and then not realizing maybe we were full like half of our plate ago because we're just eating and we're not cued to stop eating until for instance our plate is empty so mindful eating and it's such a big topic that there's actually a whole chapter about it but it just talks about different practices you can put in place to just number one, appreciate your food, enjoy your food. We are a blessed country to have food and have access to food, um, to enjoy the food, talk about the flavors, enjoy your food, um, be focused on your food and not focused and distracted on something else that you can, you can, you know, receive cues from your body when you're full because we should be eating, you know, to when we're full and not just because our plate is empty. So if, and just kind of pivot on that, just if we can talk to the parents of the lunchroom community, um, can you talk about the practice of, you know, not allowing their kids to get up off the table until uh, the plate is clean? Yeah. So if the, if your kid is full, you should just, you know, and my mom used to do the same thing to me, um, you know, cleaning your plate. But what if you're full? I don't think we should be training people to overeat. I'd say we definitely don't want to be wasteful, though. And so I think it's important to, if you didn't finish your food, to repurpose. I'm all about repurposing food. So even my husband, when he doesn't finish his food, I'll, I'll put it in a plate and I'll use it for soup the next day for him. Or I just tend to repurpose things so that things aren't being wasted, but I don't want him to just eat it because it's there. Mm. So same things with our kids. We don't want them, if they say I'm full, I don't, you know, as long as it's not like, you know, they say they're full every time it's time to eat their vegetables. But in general, if they just say like, I'm, I'm full, I think we should, you know, encourage them to listen to their body, to take cues from their body. If you're done eating, that's fine. Let's not waste food, you know? And so that's why I'm always conscious about, you know, portions and how much we even put out because, you know, we don't want to get into the habit of overindulging. And so even for instance, when I like bake bread, I'll bake one slice per person. So instead of baking like this whole loaf, oh, no, okay. I'm, I read it, yeah. I'm setting myself up to number one, either food to be wasted or number two, for someone to overeat it. And so let's just, let's just, let's just cook a portion. I love it. Now as a, I think it's a very good point, especially because again, I'm an internist, right? So, if, and for those who don't know as an internist, you know, once, once you hit 18, I'm all good. But if you say you're 17 and below, I, I want nothing to do with you. <laughs> right. So as, as a family medicine physician, how is this conversation 
for adults different than than children? I mean, it's hard because kids oftentimes don't have a say in what they're eating, right? It's like they go to school and they're just kind of, you know, given a lunch tray or they have, you know, they just pick out what's in the cafeteria. And so it really starts to so much with the parents. So, I mean, it's always great when both the child and the parent are my patient because then I can just, you know, we can all be on the same page. But, you know, the kids, I talk to them about eating stuff. And I think kids, you know, they're younger and they're more impressionable. That's where we can really make a difference. And so it really has to start with the parents, though. So when I met my husband, he um, told me he only ate peas and broccoli, that those were the only vegetables he ate. So I said, wow, like, you know, two vegetables, that's kind of hard. And so when we first got married, I was literally rotating and making either peas or broccoli every other day. And then after two months, he was like, Lauren. I'm tired of peas and broccoli. And I, and I said, well, what, what else am I supposed to cook? You don't eat any other vegetables. And he said, well, I don't have to have a vegetable with everything I eat. And I was like, yes, yes, yes you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> and what I realized was it wasn't that he didn't eat any other vegetables is that he wasn't exposed to other vegetables. So he hadn't had like asparagus before he hadn't had zucchini. So when I asked him, do you like these things? He automatically said no, because he just wasn't familiar with them. Or maybe he tasted it one time as a child and never had it again. And so in his mind, he didn't like it. And so, you know, I think sometimes kids don't know and we have to introduce things. And if they think they don't like it, we give it a break and we introduce it again. And kids are impressionable. And that's the time that we, you know, really give them a diverse diet, like expose them to as many different vegetables as we can um, and starches. And I think that's key. Yeah, it's very interesting, as and and I think this kind of leads right into the being mindful of the your your last principle as far as being mindful to the just the environment in general in regards to this healthy lifestyle. Yeah, um, you know we're responsible for the environment we live for, you know, leave to our future generations. So just little things that you know we think of that are not really a big deal. So for instance, when I grocery shop, I don't use any any of the plastic. I just put the stuff in my cart because think about what you do with that plastic. I mean, you put your you know carrots or whatever in that plastic bag. And then you put that plastic bag in a grocery bag and then you go home and everything goes in the garbage. And we've just, you know, been, that's just kind of wasteful. So just trying to be mindful of our environment, um, shopping locally, you know, um, number one, that's cheaper and, and that's also better for the environment. Um, trying to repurpose things, uh, just always trying to be mindful of our environment and of our, of our usage of just excess stuff that is really not a big deal when we think about it, but when we think about the impact that it makes to the environment, it's huge. And so I think if we all just do something, it will make things better for everyone. And I want to kind of touch, especially with you, because your husband kind of reminds me of me, right? Because um, I grew up in, a, and this is a question really kind of focused on like the culture aspect of how people grow up. Um, when I grew up, I'm a Haitian, Haitian household. So our main dish was rice yeah. and some type of vegetable that, uh, like you said, really got everything kind of cooked out of it. Yeah. Uh, it, for hours on end, and then some type of meat, regardless chicken, but whatever that meat it was, the meat was blank, but it was always kind of in that combination. So, so when you talk about asparagus and broccoli, like, like it, if it wasn't actually in the pot, like cooking with the for hours, like I, it never touched my lips, anyways. Um, <laughs> from a culture standpoint, do you find that to be uh, difficult when you're trying to uh, educate and plan your patients? Like, no, this is. Like, I, I need you to, like, eat this broccoli. Like, it's not as bad as you may think it is. Yeah, I mean, anytime I'm, you know, talk to someone and they tell me they're from the islands, you know, I know, like, they basically are consuming a lot of white rice, which, you know, white rice has absolutely no nutrition. Mm -hmm. And so I talk to them about different grains that they can use. And sometimes, you know, people are open-minded and 
but sometimes it's hard. It's like, that's all you grew up on. You know, like some people are used to having white rice literally with every, with every dinner. And it's just like a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, even in my household, I mean, I went home, I was home last weekend and the only rice they had in the house is white rice. And so I had to eat it, but I hadn't had white rice in like years in my house because I don't even buy white rice because there's no nutritional value. So to me, there's no reason to eat it. Mm. And so I think it's just about exposure. I think some people don't even know you get used to doing things culturally, not knowing how it's affecting your health. And so just telling someone, Hey, you know, white rice has no nutrition, right? And you're like, what? Yeah. Why don't you just try brown rice or black rice? And they're like, Oh, it tastes funny. Well, no, it's not going to taste the same as white rice, but I, I, I promise you it's, it's serving your body a purpose. And so for that reason, you should, you should be open to it, you know, not just one time, but multiple times. And, you know, so I think it's important to take foods that people are familiar with and, and tell them and show them how they can be healthy with those foods. Because if you start talking about things that people can't relate to, it's hard for them to be like, to grasp it. And it's hard to believe that they can do it. But if I tell you, listen, you like to have rice with every meal, let's just try a different type of rice rather than me saying, don't eat any rice. You know, oh, you like to cook your vegetables? Okay, listen, why don't you saute them one time instead of just cooking them? That way they have a little bit more crunch to them and see how you like it. Maybe it'll be a little bit different, but it's more nutritious, you know, if it hasn't been stewed for hours because now you have all your nutrition still in it. So just kind of giving people small little things that they can do so that they're not overwhelmed by it. And unless you're like me, I want you to be um, being honest with you. Like she's not exaggerating when she says like white rice every day. Like I'm telling you, it literally was every day like it was it was you were having like to the point where my wife now like when she doesn't make f- food with rice i when especially when we first got together i was like oh my god i'm not even full like mentally <laughs> i wasn't even full because there was no rice on the plate yeah yeah i mean and it's like my dad he has to have a big piece of meat on his plate or he didn't eat you know i remember one time i made him a i think i made him like a turkey burger he doesn't consider turkey meat so I made him a turkey burger and he was like, well, are we going to have real meat for dinner? And I was like, well, you know, you had meat for lunch. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I made you a turkey burger. He's like, that didn't count. And so, so sometimes it is just what people are used to. And it, it's hard sometimes, you know, to get, <laughs> to get the older folks out of their habits. And that's why it's so important to start with our kids. But we, we really don't have a choice. We really have to make these changes as uncomfortable as it is. We have to create new traditions for our future generations while still preserving things that are important with our, in our culture. But we just have to make some changes for the health of our culture as well. And, and I, and I have to ask, cause you, you referenced it and this was something that um, we had a, a past guest, uh, Dr. Uh, Sylvia Boley kind of talk about as well. Um, your thoughts on the cheat meal versus the cheat day. Oh yeah. So, I mean, let's be a realistic, we have to have a time where we can, you know, indulge or, you know, be able to celebrate and go to weddings and events and not feeling like, you know, oh, I can't, you know, eat certain things. Like, I don't think that's realistic. I'm all about balance because if you have balance, you can sustain things. And so, you know, I'll think about a cheap meal. It's not a whole day. You know, my husband used to have like a cheap day or a cheap weekend. And I'm like, you know, listen, do you know how hard it is to work all week on your nutrition to make good decisions? And then you can completely reverse it by just overindulging for a weekend. So, yeah, I'm all about picking one meal. So for my husband and I, we go out to dinner every Friday. And so we know like, that's our day. If we want to have a beverage, we're going to have a beverage. We can eat, you know, eat a little bit more. But for me, honestly, I'm such in the habit and I have become so almost just like consumed by the value of food that I can't even overindulge when I'm like allowed to. So even like this past weekend when we went out to eat, 
I think I got a piece of grilled salmon, which is something that I would eat like on a normal, you know, like a normal part of my week with um, some stir fried vegetables. So um, it's like when you get into the habit and when you really understand and become one with the fact that like, I'm really eating just to live. Like I'm not living to eat. I'm just eating to live. I'm eating to sustain my body, to allow myself to do the things that I have to do. You know, it makes it hard to just overindulge and go crazy. It really does. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. So Dr. Lauren, let's, let's talk about how is Dr. Lauren, you know, bringing her, her, her education, her expertise kind of out to the masses, right? Because again, it's, it's, it's easy, right? When it's one-on-one, right? It's easy if I walk into your office and you're like, like that, unfortunately, is not going to help, you know, reverse uh, years of, you know, of diabetes, blood pressure, and all these problems that really affect, especially our African American community. Um, how, how are you, what, what, how are you kind of leading the charge, right? And I really say leading because, again, let's find community. Uh, this is a person I've actually been following for about, I think, a better part of a year now. And I've just kind of been watching this ascent uh, from afar. It's absolutely <laughs> amazing. Um, no joke, right? Like I've been like, I've been very like impressed of what you're doing. But if you could just kind of talk to the literature community and say like, this is what I'm doing, like out here in these streets. <laughs> well, thank you. So I have the book, of course, which is just an amazing resource, and um, I'm partnering with different physicians who like basically share the same values, but understand that it's hard to talk about food and some of these basic nutrition principles in a visit. So. I partner with lots of different physicians who provide this book to their patients. So just getting this book out is like a huge thing for me because it's such like, you know, we just went through some of that stuff. It's such easy things, but, um, and it's things that we can apply, you know, very, with very little effort, but I just feel like there's a lack of just that information getting out there. Um, another thing that I'm doing is I have a now an online cooking school, which is something I've been working on for like, it seems like forever. And so it's basically a platform where people can log on and take classes and they can, you know, get some instruction from me about food and whatever the particular topic is. And then there's video lessons to learn how to cook different meals. So for instance, there's a course on how to meal prep because so many people just don't know how to plan their meals. And if you can't plan your meals, you're basically setting yourself up to fail or to make bad decisions with your food. So I talk about meal prep, how important that is, how to do it. I give you like seven different, you know, video recipes that are basically fail proof. Um, I talk about why I'm using the ingredients that I'm using. There's a, there's a course on breakfast because I find that oftentimes people either skip breakfast because they're just trying to get out of the house or they're just doing the opposite, which is they're overindulging, they're carb loading, they're doing the pancakes, the waffles, the croissants, the danishes, bacon, bacon, ham and sausages. They're just kind of overdoing it. So I wanted to give people some quick, easy, healthy, nutritious breakfast ideas um, there's a course on salads and smoothies. I basically live by salads and smoothies for lunch. So I wanted to share some of my favorite recipes. And then next month there's a new course coming out and it's about diabetes. And that's because I have so many people with either who are either pre-diabetic or new onset diabetes and no one has ever talked to them about food. And oh. so it's so hard to like talk about, you know, it's hard to like talk about diabetes, talk about how we're going to manage it and talk about food. But it's like, the, it's like one of the most critical things that we can talk about. So um, I have a course that's coming out in April that's going to just talk about diabetes and food, which is huge and I think is lacking in a lot of people. Yeah, and I definitely kind of hit on that point. Like as a as a hospital physician, um, I unfortunately diagnose a lot of people in the hospital with new onset diabetes. Mm-hmm. 
And and if uh, it's almost I hate to say a joke, but it's really like a joke with the diabetic education that goes on in the hospital. All right, they give you a couple of flyers, dietitian talks to you for like ten minutes, and then it's like boom, there you go, you're a diabetic, and then you kind of walk away. Um, so so that, I think that's definitely uh, you know definitely something I'm excited for. So how, how can how can someone get in touch with Dr. Lauren? Right, like they if they want to get on this cooking course, they want to get on this. Like how how do I get in touch with you to sign up for that? So, I mean, everything can be found on my website, which is drlaurenpowell.com. Um, so that's just a, an easiest way where everything is consult, consolidated. Um, you can find me on all social media at Dr. Lauren Powell. Um, message me. I respond to every single message that I get. So um, anyone that you know messages me and wants to know how they can find out certain things, I'm happy to answer those questions for you. I'm very active on social media and you know try to get information out to people on um, whatever way I can. So make sure to follow me to get that information. You can find my book. Um, that's on my website as well. It's also on Amazon and it's also available on Barnes and Noble. Um, and that's food essentials for the busy professional. I travel and I speak. That's one of the things that I'm most passionate about is I love traveling and speaking to people and doing live cooking demos. I just got back from a cooking class, um, that I'd held for 85 people last Sunday or last Saturday. And that was phenomenal because it's great for people to get hands on. It's one thing for me to talk and to tell you, but for you to like you know, cook some of my recipes and see how easy it is and to taste and see how delicious the food is. That's like the thing that I just love so much. So um, I love doing that and it's something I'm super passionate about. So anyone is interested in that information, you can contact me as well. Love it. Now, is that something that you, you always kind of envision, like being able, like, especially when, you know, you're at, you're at school, you finish your family medicine residency, you go back to the core medicine and then you're like, oh, you know what? One day I could, I want to be able to do this, right? Is, is, are you doing the discs that you always wanted to kind of do when you look back and you have the issue with your father and you say, all right, I gotta, I gotta get on my P's and Q's when it comes to nutrition. Um, not yet. I don't, I don't feel like I'm doing this just yet. I feel like I'm doing at this point things that, um, people have asked me for, or people have expressed a need. I'm kind of rising to that occasion. I think my ultimate goal is television and media and to be able to reach people on that level. I love it. I love it. So uh, before we let you go, right, so I, I, I got to ask, like, you know, how can, especially, you know, our model with the Lunch Learning Community is empower yourself with better health, right? So how can what you do empower others to really take better control of their health in general? Um, so the thing is, learning how to cook and being responsible for the food that you put in your body is what's going to allow you to really take control of your health. As long as you're on medication, you're basically committed to seeing me every three months, right? Like whenever I diagnose someone with onset something and they're young, I'm like, you know what? You know what you just done? Now you have to see me every three months. Like how annoying is that? And versus you being in control of your health, you being able to control the food that you put in your body and being healthy and then seeing me once a year just for preventative health care. Like that's how it's supposed to be. And so, um, food and, uh, you know, being well-versed and being educated about the food that you're putting in your body, learning how to cook. It's really an empowering thing. It's really you taking control of your health and you being the driver. And so that's what I want to give to people. I want to give people that power. I love it. I love it. Again, um, Dr. Lauren, you know, this is an NRR uh, show. I want to, again, thank you for all that you do really, right? Cause it's, it, it's definitely a need um, that uh, unfortunately not all physicians can really answer. 
And I'm just glad that you're actually answering the bell uh, that really need that's been ringing for a long time, right? It's it's yeah. especially in our community where you know I, I take care of patients of uncontrolled blood pressure, uncontrolled diabetes, uncontrolled cholesterol, mm-hmm. all of these things here. And my only recourse and my only you know way of intervention, especially from a hospital's standpoint, is here's this medication, right? When I know there's so many things that you know, if you just did just these things here, right? Again, if you guys, if you just listen to those six <laughs> principles there and you just did that, right? You, you would, you know, you could avoid these medications, right? You could avoid the hospital. You, I tell my patients, I almost never want to see you again, right? That's always yeah. my goal, right? To never have to see yeah. you uh, again, right? So, and I, I think food and nutrition is such a huge thing that unfortunately uh, it is, does not get the fanfare, unfortunately, in, in, our, in our medical world right it, it it doesn't right again i remember my nutrition course uh was three weeks at nova mm. yeah nutrition boom, boom boom i had a couple questions on my test and then i think it was like i think one of them was like about vitamin a or vitamin d and then that was about it <laughs> so just just yeah. to be able to kind of you know kind of answer the call um you know that that you're doing we were much appreciative and uh thank you for uh, joining us here on the lunch learn thanks so much for having me Thank you for getting to the end of the show. I am your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, host of The Lunch Learner, Dr. Barry. And this is another amazing episode that we like to bring to you week after week on betterment of empowering yourself for better health today. If you have not had a chance, please go ahead and subscribe to the show if this is your first time listening. If you already listen and you've already subscribed, make sure to leave me a five-star review because your support is absolutely important in keeping the show moving as it is. And if you have not had a chance and you want to check out today's show notes, always head over to lunchlearnpod.com. That is lunchlearnpod, all in one word, dot com. And you can get the access to my show notes for every single episode, especially the one you just listened to. And I'm going to see you guys next week. You guys be blessed. Bye.